the point after show. He's going savage. Run for your life. And that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The Point After Show. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double chance does what the f*** he wants. The Point After Show. Spikes in hell. Spikes in peewee hell. What's up, everybody? Welcome to week two of the Point After Show 2.0. We're back and ready to roll. Week one of fantasy football is in the books, and we're here to talk a little smack before we get started on what's going to happen forward in fantasy leagues. It was a tough week for two of our co-hosts here, the FF Advantage and Cavi. Unbelievable matchup of the misfits we had this week. I didn't know who was going to pull out the win, but... All was able to do it. I was kind of sad. I wanted Cavi to win. What did you think, Cavi? Did you think you had that at any point in time? Uh, when Alvin Kamara scored that touchdown, they took away from him. Um, I thought I had it. And then uh, at one point in like right around halftime, I thought there was a chance because like my percentage was up to like 42, so I thought I had a chance. Um, and then it all – I mean, once Ben threw that second touchdown, I knew it was over. And that was a Monday night drama for sure between these two. Losing sleep week one. Obviously with Cavi having that big bet with our niece. Uh, tenth place or better, I think it is, Cav. Is that what it is for 150 yeah, bucks? I'm, I'm still fine with that. I'll be all right. You know, obviously you guys saw what I did this week. I did the little sneak attack when Rivera sent me a private message. I sent it out to our group chat, letting everybody know that Rivera was behind the scenes talking a little smack, saying our niece is going to win it up. Oh, Smoke, let me get to you. What did you think about the matchup this week? Um, I thought we uh, we had a bad uh, bad week, Cavi and I. I'm very fortunate yeah. that Cavi had the worst week of all of us, and I had the second worst week. So, uh, slightly disappointed in my team, but uh, I'm not panicking. That is the motto of uh, week one is don't panic. So, I think we'll talk more about it today. So, I think yeah. – uh, the, the biggest part that I could take away from it is that I get like our, the, with the rule change, um, you know, I get waiver wire priority. So that kind of helps a little bit. Not that there's a lot out there, but. Which I'm not a big fan of, but also with waiver wire priority came with Venmo priority and you had to send down $20 to James M who had the high score in our league this week. And again, right. I've been talking about this the last couple of days. I think this guy uh, has a team that is destined for a championship. I know Paul's going to razz me a little bit and say I have a little uh, James love in my heart, but I think that uh, his team is stacked and to the gills with talent, and it's going to be tough to beat. E-Dog, are you, are you on, on my side on this, or are you going to go with Paulie thinking I have a man crush on James M? Well, I played James M this week, and he kicked my ass in. I thought I had a chance for a while there, but, I mean – if I played eight other teams, I would have won this week, but I had to face his team. He put up over 200 points. What are you going to do? You have those weeks where, uh, you know, the cookie crumbled, not in my direction. And I would have played – If I, I would have beat both Cavi and Paul's teams by like 100 points if I played yeah. them, but I didn't. So Well, Ed, you Ed you're, talking, you're talking major leagues to like single-A baseball squads there when you're talking about your <laughs> team and those two bums. 
Hey, listen, but, here's what I'll tell you guys. At the end of the day, um, much like Jared Goff, uh, my, I'm 1-0. I don't have to – it doesn't have to be pretty, right? I'm 1-0. Eddie, are you 1-0? No, I'm on one Cavi. I'm not saying anything. I got okay. no trash to talk. So I'm, I have the same record as you, T. It doesn't make a difference how bad my team looked. And going back to the whole James M, I know you have a man crush on him, and every year you think he's always got a stack team, and he is the Sammy Watkins of our league. It's week one. We'll talk about Sammy that later, too. I like that. I love how, Paul, everything's talk later, like winning a fantasy championship. Well, but listen, unfortunately for you, later it. never comes, buddy. We got a lot later to never about comes. on the show tonight, so, you know. Yeah, obviously. So what we're going to, like I said earlier, we're going to talk a little bit about our league. I know Paul's trying to rush us through to get to his segment of risers and fallers, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We just want to talk about some, some things that happened week one. Whether or not it was in our league, it doesn't matter. It's relevant to all fantasy players out there. You talk about some big-time players. You know, you had your Devontae Adams. Thank you very much. You also had guys like Calvin Ridley putting up big numbers. You had Julio Jones. Matty Ice out there had 300-yard receivers, which is unbelievable for the Falcons. You know, obviously, that goes back to Rivera and his huge I'd like to call it a waiver wire pickup after an Arnie drop, but uh, it was a free agent pickup. Matty Ice, he scooped up. So he has the stack of Calvin Ridley and uh, Matty Ice. What are some other takeaways from this, this uh, week of the league? Smoke, what do you think? Who, who do you have looking good right now in our league? On my team personally, or what are my thoughts? Yeah, the, the league and your team. So, um, I really don't have a whole lot to talk about on my team right now. I'm still happy with my draft. I'm still obviously again, it's week one. Um, takeaways from this week is, is it's, it's, it's week one. Don't panic, but I will say this. Um, there's a couple backfields uh, that I think we've gotten uh, more questions and answers on in the NFL. And I think I'd like to stay away from them. Um, you know, backfields like the Washington Redskins backfields, like um, the, uh, the Los Angeles Jets. The Rams, the Jets, like there's a lot of and the here's Detroit Lions. Say real quick, and I'll pass off to somebody else. But like, it's 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 week one, and we might as well get ready for this ride of uh, injuries with no with no off season and and realistically no preseason, no um, OTAs. Like hamstrings, people are getting hurt. IR is going to be busy this year, so um, it's going to be a wild ride. I think it's going to be fun to see who the who who is the champion of this, who can survive this. Uh, this tornado of, of, of injuries this year. Eddie, Polly had a good point that, that waiver wires are going to be busy this year. What do you think will be busier? Waiver wires or Polly's Bumble? Uh, that's a toss-up. Maybe – is there a grinder? Is that still a thing? No. Well, I, I uh. think he got himself off that. But, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> he's just on the Bumble now. Uh, All right. But, again, um, I'm, I'm no, with you. That's I, a toss-up. But our, our waiver wire – if uh, if anyone doesn't know out there that's listening, our waiver wire we have it set at a 50, 50 transaction cap, um, but then you have to pay five dollars for every transaction after that. So it could be a hefty pot after after all is said and done. If there's a lot of injuries and a lot of you know, especially like with no uh, OTAs and no preseason, like Polly was mentioned, there's going to be a lot of even soft tissue injuries that are season ending. Like there's going to be a lot of injuries. I think that we haven't seen in the past it's those you have to get lucky workhorses like I, I i almost have to say that like a, a workhorse like derrick henry might be one of i know he's you know golden toes uh main pick this year but 
I think he's he's prone to an injury this year. I think because he hasn't had he he had thirty one carries. Like that's insane. I think for week one without a preseason. I don't know if he'll last, but he might because he's a beast. But I'm just saying, like, that type of workhorse, I think that teams are using these multi-back um, setups early on, especially to get their teams inclined uh, and, you know, kind of more um, just just the better way to ease into the season than, than previous years. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of soft tissue injuries, My you know, I, I had a chance of uh, beating Sox this week. Uh, which was a, a great win for myself and to give myself a 1-0 record going into the season. But, uh, you know, he has, a, he has a pretty solid team, which I'm not worried about too much, just like the rest of you bums on this thread. What, uh, Cav, what are your takeaways from week one? My team sucks. Um, but aside from that, uh, I think you, you're going to see a lot of players that, that were held out a little bit. Like, like we said, it's – it's like the first – it's like a preseason game, basically, week one, right? You didn't have a preseason. So you're going to see some people that are rusty, um, especially players that didn't um, get a lot of work in the offseason. I think my team especially had some of that. Uh, Alan Kamara held out for a while, so they limited him. You're not going to see Latavius Murray out-touch him like that all season, especially after the money they just gave him. Um, Mike Evans on my team as well was a game time decision. They put him in. Bruce Arian said it's disgusting. They didn't get it. He didn't even get 10 targets. So he'll, he'll trend up. I think Brady will get sharper. And um, I also, I think there's a bunch of players on my team. Unfortunately, uh, it happened with Deshaun Jackson. They didn't announce until after the game that they're limiting his snaps right now. So hopefully uh, my team comes alive a little bit here and, and gets full reps. But I think that that's probably across the league. There's a lot of players and, like uh, that. How, how did you guys fare in all your other leagues? Um, I know I'm, I'm in another league with Paul. Uh, I think he's lost every single uh, fantasy matchup he had last week. Eddie, how, how's the family league going? How'd you fare this week? Uh, I think we came – I mean, it's a total points league. It's not head-to-head. Okay. But I think, um, I think we finished in like fifth or sixth place, something like that. So, like, I, there's 14 teams in it. So, nice. towards nice. the top. Cav, how'd you make out this week? Are you in any other fancy leagues this year? Yeah, so I'm in my work league, and my draft was Thursday night while I was hosting a music award show, so I don't know who's on my team or what points you score because I still didn't look at it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I, that, said that's, a, that's I, I said a draft order, but I'm sure I just got, like, it was a bunch of crap. Yeah, it was kind of like the year, you know, when the podcast was kicking off and up and running strong. Is uh, I think you were in about 14 fantasy leagues that year, something crazy. I was in a lot. Just two this year, though. Just two. So, real quick, guys, I just wanted to – I'm just sitting here, and I've been, I've been kind of looking and scrolling through things, and, and I thought this was pretty interesting, and it's just kind of just proof about week one. And, and realistically, it's proof that, you know, um, the theory about um, quarterbacks and, and tight ends somewhat being much of a streamer position, they're, they're pretty deep. You can kind of go with whatever – so quarterbacks for the top 12 quarterbacks in the league this year uh, for week one, top 12 quarterbacks, which should be a quarterback one in a 12 man league. Um, there was six that weren't even owned by less that were owned by less than 50% of people in tight ends. There was four that were owned by less than 50% of people, but running backs here's crazy, crazy, right? Of the running backs that were drafted in the first round, 
six running backs finished in the top 12. So that's a good sign. That means those, those first round running backs that everybody probably went heavy on, um, they didn't really disappoint unless you had Saquon. Uh, but they really didn't disappoint you too badly. Um, first round running backs did pretty well this week. So just proof of thought. So I'm glad you kind of kicked it off. That'll be a nice segue into our next uh, conversation piece here is, is one thing that we want to talk about tonight are rising, falling, and trading. Uh, this is something that I think is important. You know, week one, it's kind of not, you know, uh, one of the times you need to focus on this, maybe like week two, three, four is when you start getting in that panic zone. Or, you know, it also can be at that point in time, it could be too late to get some of those people that are rising and some of those people that you want to trade for. But let's get into the, the rising stocks, people that are owned in 50% of the leagues this year. So, Smoke, let me start with you. Who do you have as a rising star that you might, you know, want to look at, whether it's off of somebody in a deeper league that you might want to trade for or, you know, one of those uh, shorter end leagues where it's not so many people on rosters that uh, you're going to try to go and get off the waiver wire this week? Yeah, so as you mentioned, our rising stocks are, um, you know, players that we find that are owned in less than 50% of leagues. So, um, you know, I, I, my, my rising star is, is Malcolm Brown. Uh, as, a, as a Cam Akers owner, uh, Malcolm Brown was a huge thorn in my side this week. Uh, and quite honestly, it's a couple things. One, he pretty much split carries with uh, Cam Akers all the way through. He actually ended up, ended, ended up with, the, with more carries overall uh, by, by about four uh, more yardage, so he was much more proficient on the ground than Cam Akers was, even though Cam Akers technically got the start. Um, but also, the, the more scary thing is that uh, Malcolm Brown got the red zone, uh, the, the inside the five-yard line touches, and he cashed in on them. So he cashed in twice inside the five-yard line where uh, Cam Akers wasn't really getting those touches. And, and, you know, for me, I get it. There's a lot of people out there that are like Malcolm Brown – haters that say, oh, it's, you know, he did this again last year. He, he, he was up and down and up and down. He started off hot and then he finished the season. Uh, I think Malcolm Brown is the real deal. I, I looked, I, you know, I watched a lot of game film on him today and, and, and I watched it back. Very explosive. And uh, the only scary thought I would have on Malcolm Brown is um, he really didn't see, um, you know, a, a, you know he, he still has to mix in with Cam and he still has to mix in with Daryl Henderson. But he still, he was able to, he was in there on passing downs, which is a good sign. He caught four, he had four targets. For me, um, I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying, I'm buying on Malcolm Brown right now. He's a rising star for me. So that's me. Eddie, Ed, what do you think about Malcolm Brown as a rising star? You think, you think it's something to watch for? Do you think this is a situation where it was week one, like you, you spoke about earlier is that they're trying to break in the running backs and kind of do a running back by committee with the lack of preseason. So they're, you know, spreading out the love. Do you think Malcolm Brown's going to be the man or do you think this is something where Cam Akers is eventually going to be the workhorse? I guess, I don't know. I think it'll be, um, it might be who has the hot hand for a while and just kind of run with it. Cause I know they have Daryl Henderson and they have Cam Akers and, there's there's a there's a lot of talent in that backfield. I think they're just gonna see who who's gonna rise out of out of those three guys. And you know, I think eventually it'll probably be Cam Akers, but who knows if that'll be next week or you know in five weeks from now. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm gonna I want to talk about another rookie that. Um, I know there was, there was Cam Akers, there was Swift, there was Dobbins. They all had decent weeks this week. Um, but I think my, my rising um, 
candidate is going to be Joshua Kelly from the Chargers. I, I, I don't see Eckler as a workhorse back. I never really did. Like he was a good backup for Melvin Gordon when Melvin Gordon was hurt for a few games here or there. And, but Joshua Kelly looked great. He had 12 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it was week one. Eckler, I didn't think he looked that great. Um, I think he caught one pass. He's usually, you know, catching multiple out of the backfield uh, for PPR leagues. Um, I don't know. I, I He just looked good and looked better than Eckler when he was given the, those opportunities. And then he obviously scored a touchdown. So I, I see Joshua Kelly possibly, even the, um, the coach said that they don't think they would have won this week if Joshua Kelly wasn't on the field. So I think that gives Kelly and owners hope that he'll probably get more opportunities going forward. So that's so why do you he's think my... this would be uh, more of a going forward, kind of like a timeshare like they had with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler in seasons prior? Or do you think uh, Joshua Kelly is going to end up taking the lead back role and Austin Eckler is going to submit back to, you know, your catch back and, and catch a, you know, a run here and there? I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be, you know, I mean, probably 60, 40 for a while. Cause Eckler still get, got 19 carries, I, I think. And to, um, Joshua Kelly's 12. So, I mean, maybe it'll even out at some point. I don't know if Eckler will still be the, um, the pass catcher, like you said, with Melvin Gordon and Joshua Kelly taking over that role or not. But I do think it'll, it'll even out if Joshua Kelly keeps on performing. And I think he will, cause he looked good. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw some kudos out to uh, Rivera. This guy uh, was on Rivera's radar during draft and prior to draft. He was talking about him a ton. Loved him coming into camp. Even though he also had Austin Eckler, he went and drafted Joshua Kelly. Um, you know, so I'll give Rivera some kudos where it's deserved. Cav, looking at the spreadsheet here, when we put this together today, threw out the reminder, uh, you know, to fill it out. And I saw your stock rising candidate. I had a couple questions. So, Convince me why your rising star should be on this list. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't read the directions. He's definitely owned in more than 50% of leagues, but I do think his stock is rising. Um, Austin Hooper. So, uh, number one, they just paid him big. They paid him $44 million over three years, and uh, Ninjoku just went down. He's done. So, he's on the IR, and uh, – they ran a, a three tight end package in um, 60% of their snaps last week. And the, uh, the coach is just known for liking to throw the ball to tight ends. It's, it's a tight end heavy offense. So now you take out your number one um, catch pet pass catching tight end and Hooper, who's already a proven talent at catching the ball. And, <clears throat> and uh, just, I think he could be a top five tight end by the end of the year. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think a lot of that relies on Baker Mayfield and what he could pull out. You know, a right. lot of people are coming out this week after another lackluster performance saying that, you know, they, they, they said he needed some time, but unfortunately they ha he had time and he's, he's not moving up to the standards that, you know, obviously a number one draft pick should be performing to. But, you know, I can't disagree. When he played for Atlanta, he was a stud too. But yeah, I also, I also think – I also think that um, – your tight end can be your, your safety blanket, you know? So 
if he's not able to get it downfield a lot and he's able to just kind of uh, rely on Hooper for those little dinks and dunks, it, it could end up being good for him and it could end up being good if they ever see the red zone um, in Cleveland. It could be it could be a nice little dump off for him. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, the I'll, I'll do my stock rising, right? And then when we segue into stock falling, I, I'm, it's going to be a combo package, obviously. So my stock rising, obviously, is Benny Snell from the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you can't tell, I'm a big fan of the, the Steelers back here. But, you know, you look what he did last night. He had 19 carries for 113 yards. I know he almost had that costly fumble there later in the game. But, uh, you know, thankfully it was recovered by the Steelers. They were able to punch one in on that drive. I think Benny Snell looks good. He had a burst of speed. He, you know, he had the, those cuts that they're looking for. He, uh, you know, I think he might be the guy in Pittsburgh going forward. You, you spoke to me on draft day. I thought Benny Snell was going to be an afterthought. I thought it was going to be Connor until he had his injury bug. And then Anthony McFarland, the rookie from Maryland, was going to be the guy. But Benny Snell uh, looked looked beast last night he looked good last year in, in his in his carries that he had but going forward I think that uh you know obviously with the Steelers tackle going out probably for the rest of the season with the torn Achilles I think that's going to hurt him a little bit but anybody in that backfield obviously will have some problems but Benny Snell is the guy I'm, I'm definitely going with moving forward so obviously I said I do the combo package here and my faller is James Conner, right? Uh, Paul, you said this in the text thread earlier today and last night that he just looks slow. He's dinged up again. Uh, I think it's the last year on his contract. I think the Steelers are looking for somebody that's going to be reliable. One of those guys that smash mouth football like Benny Snell and James Conner obviously isn't that. He gets hit. He, last night he had six carries for nine yards, two catches for eight. It's just, you know, Steelers – were that kind of ever since fast Willie Parker they were that kind of guy that needed somebody that could run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield and unfortunately for James Conner which is a guy I love I love his story but I think you know his name and uh days are numbered here in Pittsburgh what do you think about that smoke so uh, I I 100% agree with you on James Conner I think that um James Conner unfortunately story's great and I love the guy personally as a, he's just a great overall dude, but he just can't stay healthy. I will back up a little bit with uh, Benny Snell. Um, obviously Benny Snell is probably one of the, one of the top five uh, waiver wire picks right now. Um, everybody's a lot of people are after him. My concern with Benny Snell is this. Um, if you watch the game every third down, they took him out, put Jalen Samuels in and, and that's scary. He doesn't, he didn't catch a single ball. Didn't get a single target. They, they just don't trust him in the past. He had, he had one target, one target. Uh, did he have one? Okay. Yep. So I felt like every time I looked at him, they were, they took him out of the game for third downs and they had Samuel in. Um, uh, James Conner, it's going to be intermittent. They're going to continue to keep giving him a chance. Uh, they, they did say today, I, I listened to Tomlin, they said they're going to keep the light on for him. So apparently Conner's like Motel 8. Um, I don't know. I, I just I, Here's my thing. I, I want to stay as far away from this backfield as I possibly can. Uh, I love the high-powered offense, and there's a lot of things that are good in this offense. But I just I don't want the headache every single week of like wondering is Benny Snell going to get the start? Is he not going to get the start? Is Connor going to come in? Is he going to get hurt? Is he going to put Stell in? Um, I, I'm 100% agree with you, James Connor. Um, I'm panicking on him quickly, and I I'm glad I didn't draft him in any draft at all. Uh, but Benny Snell, I mean, listen, I'm going to go and get him. I'm going to try to get him. I'm going to put some I'm going to put some fab, some waiver wire money in for him, see what I get him. But uh. He's a little bit of a scare for me. I'm, uh, there's other people in, uh, in front of him. 
Yeah, so my only thing with Connor, right, is, is I was going to try to snag him up in the third round till Chach scooped him up. Uh, you know, you look at his numbers last year before he got hurt. He was on average for like 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns, you know. So he, he was, again, it's injury, injury, what was injury. The, what, was the, what was the size of the, 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 the you know, what, what are we talking about there? Like how many games did he play last week, last year before that, you know, during I'm that? I'm just saying he was, uh, yeah, I think six, I six mean, yeah, or so. Six. so I mean, I don't know. That, that offense was just a disaster size. last year. But, I mean, he was a bright spot for a little bit. But I said it from, from the jump, like, James Conner just can't stay healthy. He is – I'll be honest to say this. As a Steeler fan, um, I wish to God we would go and get uh, Lev Bell back. I know that will never happen, but I would love to get Lev Bell back. Yeah, I'm with you. Amen. But the only thing I'll, I'll you know, I'll rebut with the Benny Snell comments that you had is, you know, third down – they brought in Jalen Samuels. You look at Jalen Samuels has had a lot of work there historically with the Steelers, especially last year after, uh, you know, Connor went down. But what I'll say is you have to look and think about Benny Snell wasn't getting a ton of first team reps here in the off season. Right. So he's probably not accustomed to catching the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, that, that's what I'll say about Benny Snell. I think obviously now that he's going to be the starter, at least until Connor's healthy, um, they're going to work with them every week. So, Cav, what do you think? Who do you have as your stock falling guy? Um, I have uh, – I'm sorry. I have Mark Ingram, and uh, I think it's, it's not looking good. Ingram's hitting 30, which is kind of like when the running backs start to fall off, but he didn't even get a chance this week. I mean, he only got uh, 10 carries, measly 29 yards, and he – you know, the big thing that, that made Mark Ingram valuable last year is he was getting those – red zone touches and he was scoring all the touchdowns and you were, you know, at the very least, even though he was, he would run the ball more, but you're getting those scumbag touchdowns if he didn't get the the big share that week. But JK Dobbins is just, he's even stealing the, the red zone. He had two, two touchdowns from inside the red zone. Um, if Ingram's not getting that, he's, he's worthless basically at this point, you know, he's an aging running back that uh, is in the, the twilight of his career. And, there's a three running back committee. It looks like everybody got 32% this week. So it's, it's not looking good for him in Baltimore. Who got the other 4%? I don't know. I'm not good at math. 33.25. No, I, I agree. Right. And I think everybody kind of had that same kind of a feeling going into the season is that JK Dobbins would end up working his way into the main role there in Baltimore. If not, main role a main role 60 40 at least but like you said the biggest thing that hurt mark ingram this week was the red zone touches right jk dobbins i don't know if it was to try to build up confidence in the guy but you know he scored the two touchdowns there for baltimore which um you know like you said hurts 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 the ingram owners e-dog who do you have as a, a faller this week the number two overall pick consensus wise saquon barkley I love that, it. That was – if I was a Saquon order, I would be very, very nervous and scared after watching that game last night against the Steelers. I I don't even know what to say. I think he had seven carries for negative six yards at one point, and that was, like, yeah. not just, like, in the first quarter. Like, it was it was, it was, was further along in the game than one would uh, like to see those stats. I, I just think that Giants O-line is so awful. Like, just seeing him get – pummeled so many times in the backfield and I don't know I'd be I'd be nervous and I know the Steelers have a pretty decent um run defense but at the same time 
I, I don't know. I, I'd be very, very scared that he's my number two, actually a lot of people's number one pick, but number two overall pick just to see that first initial performance when you have a slew of other, um, you know, high fantasy, um, you know, ADP guys that, you know, you could have picked have big games this week. It's just, it's not a good start. And, um, you know, your team is probably, uh, you're, you're probably a lot lower on your team than you would be normally if you probably picked a Dalvin Cook even or uh Henry, even though he didn't score a touchdown, he's still at 115 yards rushing. Anything better than, um, you know, I forget what he had. Five, he 15 for six? Six, 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 six yards. yards. Six rushing yards. I know he had, uh, you know, 60 receiving yards on six catches. So if you're in a PPR league, not too horrible. But for number two overall pick, that's not good. That's not going to cut it. You want consistency and you want the Christian McCaffrey numbers of, you know, 18 to 25 points a week. Like that's, that's what you're counting on and you're not getting that um, behind that O line of, of New York. I don't think. He's the, the yeah. gift that keeps on giving for me in that trade when I got rid of him last year. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, you know, you saw lawyer Pete, the AKA the green Bay Packers owner, was uh, texting out today that he's he's worried about him. He you know is saying his season and his schedule is falling apart as we speak. But uh, no, Ed, I I agree a hundred percent with that with that sentiment about him being a faller for sure. Smoke, who do you have as your faller this week um, for fantasy football? So my faller, my uh, falling stock this week is uh, DJ Moore, um, and it's not because I you know I'm DJ I'm Moore. DJ, DJ Moore. Who, who yeah. drafted him in our league? I did. Yep. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So here's the thing. So I'm not, I'm not down on DJ Moore because I think that he doesn't have the capabilities of, of, you know, being an, an elite fantasy player or a quality fantasy player. Um, you know, he had nine targets this week, which, you know, you know, you can't ask for a lot more than that with, with your, you know, a wide receiver on your team. The concern I have about DJ Moore is, is twofold. One, um, where he was drafted this year, uh, he was drafted, you know, back in the second round, third round, whatever. He's being drafted as a wide receiver one. I drafted him as a wide receiver one. Last year, he had really, really good numbers. Flew heavily under the radar, but his numbers were phenomenal. Over 1,100 yards receiving. Um, but the change of quarterback scares the hell out of me. Uh, I, you know, I tweeted out today or yesterday during the game, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Um, you look at Teddy Bridgewater, he, he, He's never thrown for more than nine touchdowns in an entire season. And he's played entire seasons, right? He's played an entire full season uh, when he was in Minnesota, and he's never thrown uh, for big touchdown type guys. But his accuracy is iffy at best. Um, DJ Moore is in a tough division. You have guys like Lattimore, and, and um, you, have, you have a lot of, a lot of like, uh, tough defensive backs in that division. And DJ Moore has the ability to be a great receiver, but he needs to get targets. He needs to just be like force fed, uh, which I think happened last year when, even though he had a, an inefficient quarterback last year, he was force fed. And I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is willing to take those risks. He doesn't want to take the risk he throws. So he's more inclined to check it down to McCaffrey or he'll go to, which is my other concern, uh, Robbie Anderson, who looked really, really good 
for the Carolina Panthers this week. So the addition of Robbie Anderson now makes me even more concerned that DJ Moore doesn't end up a wide receiver one this year. Um, and he was drafted to be that way. So I'm very, very concerned about DJ Moore. I'm dropping him down. If he finishes in the top 24, um, I think that's feasible, but the top 12 would be, would be a lot. Uh, we'll see. Try not to panic on him. Uh, I'm, I'm panicking for him and all your DJs on your team. Cause I think DJ Chark is also bad, but Hey, you drafted them. Not me, brother. DJ Chark was um, DJ Chark is fine. So, uh, you know, obviously I did my stock falling with James Connor. So let's talk about uh, a position or player that you would trade for or away this week after. And again, we know it's week one. I know some people like Paul and Cavi putting up, you know, a measly 90 some fantasy points. They're looking to trade away their entire team, their entire roster. I'm surprised Paul didn't just have stock falling his team. But unfortunately, we limited it to one player, thankfully, because we'd be here for an hour listening to him talk. So let me ask Cavi, who is somebody that you're looking at this week that you uh, – somebody may have drafted that you'd either trade for or trade away if they're already on your squad? I actually think – Eddie would be best to start this segment. I was pretty interested by his. I think it would be more. No, no. I, I got, I, I was going to segue into that one. Okay. Um, so I'm going with Johnny Smith. Um, big fan of this guy. Johnny, was, Johnny Smith. Johnny. Cabby loves the tight ends. I do love tight ends, but here's the thing is that I think a lot of tight ends looked really I bad. To make them wide receivers. What's that? Love those tight ends to try to make them wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think a lot of uh, tight – I think tight end this year in general was kind of a, an iffy position for a lot of people. It was tough to, to nail anything down. I was reading a lot about him last night. I, I mean, I, he had an okay season last season, his rookie year. But um, I think that the system he's in is going to play for him, and I think he's kind of a, a safety blanket. And he proved it last night. I mean, he had seven – targets as a as a tight end he caught four of them for 60 yards and they were even using them they were running like tight end screens and stuff with them and he's really good with the ball after he catches it he's evasive he's really fast he's kind of a he's not really a big blocking tight end he's more of a a, a fat wide receiver to say, say put it you know lightly so he's i like think any lacy of wide receivers yeah i think he yes exactly um i think you could see him again being a top 10 um, if not top eight tight end by the end of the year in that system. So I really, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really struggling and you, you know, he's not a name that was floating to the top of anybody's board. Um, I picked him up last night before kickoff so I could get him without using a waiver. Um, after my, you know, I couldn't play a tight end, but I picked him up real quick to stash him. So he's on my, on my bench and uh, hopefully I can use him for some trade bait for somebody that needs him. Yeah, no, I, I like to pick, and I, I like your bias, too, because you went and picked him up last night, so he was going to be your guy to trade for, try to sell it tonight pretty hard to all the listeners, come get some. But, Eddie, if, if you were looking for somebody on your squad, and I know, you know, you, you, your team didn't do that bad this week, obviously, with the two other cats on this uh, podcast tonight, but um, who would you trade for or try to trade away if you were looking for somebody? If you were desperate, Ed. I was desperate. Like, if I were you with your team, um, I don't know. Definitely a running back. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't trade. I'm not a trader. I'm no, I'm no Benedict Arnold. Ah, in fantasy football, maybe. Oh, oh okay. How about okay. a trader Joe? 
No, I, I don't make trades. I made one trade in my whole entire fantasy football career and it bit me in the ass. And um, I believe that me and Paul made a trade, but that was just draft picks earlier before we even picked players on our team this year. So that, I'm not counting that as a trade. That's not a trade. That was that's, the Addy Belichick. That's, that's more of a, yeah, that's, that's more of a behind the scenes, um, you know, trying to make moves on my own for my own um, drafting abilities that that's not trading players. That's nothing like that. So worked out. For I don't you. You got Dalvin cook. I did get Dalvin cook. And so far I'm, I'm satisfied with that, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it's hard to make, obviously if you're one of your players, especially a big player like Lev bell, who's your number two uh, running back. If, if he gets injured and you don't really have a backup wide, like RB3. What, the burn over here. Eh? What, yeah, what, what, what are you going to do but, but try to make a trade? You're going to have to give up someone decent to get a, a running back too. Like, that's the only way I would have to try to make a trade right now after week one, after seeing one week. It's not a big sample size. Unless I had a couple injuries or maybe just one injury where I don't have a good backup then I would try to, you know, maybe make some trades, but I don't, I don't have any takeaway for this right now after week one. Yeah, no. And here's the thing, like Eddie said, he was dogging me pretty heavy there in his little snippet, <laughs> but um, yeah, I have, I have Lev Bell, Marlon Mack and uh, Duke Johnson. We're, we're all on my roster this week. Marlon Mack's out for the season. Lev Bell's on IR and Duke Johnson's injured. Uh, obviously didn't show out much, uh, even when he did play. But Smoke, what do you what do you have here? What are you going to trade for away after Week One? And again, you know, one of our segments in the past was the panic button. And we also had the dum dum. We don't want you to be that. But let's know what do you, what are you trying to do here after Week One? So, um, so my my trade uh, my trade away guy is if I have Sammy Watkins on my team. Um, I mean. <laughs> So Sammy Watkins is like the, I, I jokingly said, Jamie, James M uh, was our Sammy Watkins of our league. It's basically just this uh, Sammy Watkins is great for week one. Maybe he good for week two, but on a high powered offense, you, you feel like you want a share of anybody on that team. And uh, Sammy Watkins came out huge. He had uh, nine targets, seven catches, uh, 82 yards and a touchdown. But everybody remembers 2019 Sammy Watkins too, right? He had, uh, let's see, nine catches, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. Do you guys want to know how many touchdowns Sammy Watkins finished 2019 with? The answer is three. The same three that he started week one with. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on Sammy Watkins in that offense. And I'm telling you right now, if I have him on my team, I am trying to deal him quick, quick. And, um, you know, just some fruit for thought for people that I'm, I'm interested in. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my league and I'm looking at some of the top 20 guys that just didn't finish very, very well, um, in certain positions. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going out there and I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to deal Sammy Watkins right now, straight up for Odell Beckham. I'm telling you right now, the guy that has Odell Beckham hates him. He wants to get rid of him. He'll trade that. He'll make that trade. I'll take Odell Beckham all day long. For Sammy Watkins, make that trade. Well, I think anybody would take um, Odell Beckham for Sammy Watkins, right? I that's, think that's Sammy a... Watkins. I think if you find person has Odell right now, they'll take Sammy Watkins in his place. He's on a high-powered offense, and Odell hasn't done anything in a year and a, a year in one game. 
And yeah, I think you might find like two out of ten people that would take that trade. I'll make, Odell I'll didn't look good Alan, this week. Allen Allen Robinson, another guy that I'd probably try to make a a move for. There's 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 guys out there right now that just didn't they underperformed, you know? And I think you can find people that are willing to to to, to buy into that high powered Kansas City offense and the Sammy Watkins week one theory. Speaking of yeah, moves, with, I got to make a bowel movement. I'll probably see you guys next week. See, wow. that was a quick cutout. So you know, one thing I'll say there, Smoke, is is I'm not a. I, if I'm a Miko Hardman owner, there, you look. He was like number five in targets on that squad. You know, that would be a guy that was kind of drafted high that I would think about getting rid of. But he's not on my list. The one guy again, I'm stealing off of Eddie's Eddie's comments wait, earlier. Miko Hardman was wait back up. Miko Hardman was what? Like number five on uh, target share. Last this this week one. Yeah. He had one target. He was in like number five on their team. Okay, so I'll go. So let me finish. I'll let you finish. I'm saying trade him away. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of him. But no, there's no. Here's the thing. Like, for for me. I understand what you're gonna say. Is is there's no value in trading him now? You right. you, you took you a risk on him in the floor, right? Nine. You don't trade people at their yeah. floor unless you're getting something at a ceiling. I think you could still have a conversation with people and say, listen, because I think that's, that's, he, he's at his floor. I think he's going to be one, one, maybe three touchdowns all year. I think he's going to be a deep threat here and there. I think he's going to have that role the entire season, right? You had Robinson there catching balls. You have Kelsey catching balls. You have Sammy Watkins looking good. And obviously Tyreek Hill there, who's, who's their main go-to guy, obviously after Kelsey. But I think Miko Hardman is right now. He still has some name value and some. Hey, he was look at look at where what his ADP value? was. What name, what name value he has? He did nothing last year. He's done nothing so far in week one. Like I, that my thing is this: you trade people that are coming off a huge week that you don't project them to have big weeks, right? Or big year. I get it. I get it. I get that. I don't I, see where I, I don't, Hardman not disagreeing with you on that part of it, but I'm also saying there's also guys that were drafted in like rounds eight and nine that showed what they're going to actually do all year. Like you said, Miko Hardman last year, he was okay, you know, showed as a rookie that he has potential in the league to do things. But then over the off season, there was a lot of talk about this guy, how he's going to be, you know, potential if Tyreek Hill gets in trouble or gets hurt because he's had some soft tissue injuries as well that he might take over that lead role but obviously you saw week one that 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 isn't the play that he's going to have there in uh, Kansas City so I think you just play off his his uh, draft value at this point because you're fresh off your drafts this guy you could probably go get you know somebody even if it's like a uh, you know a, a backup a Tariq Cohen maybe you could trade for or something at this point and then because he's going to just keep going down and down, you know, uh, people's eyes going forward. I, I bet you there's not a chance you can get a Tariq Cohen for him. Not a chance. Tariq Cohen gets more targets and more catches than a wide receiver. Cohen had two targets off. last week. That's, that's more targets than Miko Hardman got with Mahomes. Hey, listen, I'm saying, he, so he isn't even my guy, so I don't want to get too much into that. My guys, same guy Eddie had his stock falling as Saquon Barkley. You look at his numbers again. And, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it, but like Eddie said, 15 carries for six yards, 
terrible O-line. You look at uh, who they play this year. They play the AFC North with Baltimore, Pittsburgh. They play the Cleveland Browns. Then they play the NFC West with the Cardinals, Seattle, Rams, and 49ers. And then the other two non-divisional matchups, they're playing the Bears in Tampa Bay. 68% of the teams they play are in the top 15 are the top 50% defenses in the NFL. 38% of the teams they play are in the top 10 defenses in the NFL. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a boomer bust. He's going to have his big weeks, but I think he's going to have more down weeks than not. One big thing you always talk about, Smoke, is finishing as a top 12 running back, a, a RB1 every week. You're drafting this guy to be RB1, top 10% of that RB1. And unfortunately, I think Saquon's going to be outside that top 12 more than he's in top two uh, this entire season. So th- that's that's what we have for the trade for trade aways. Can I, I, think can I jump in? I, I actually, because it's not very often that I can actually agree with you on things. You and I always seem to have the other side of the spectrum, but I 100% agree with you on Saquon Barkley. Um, I personally own him in one of my leagues. I was the number two pick, took him in a PPR, full PPR league, tried to make a trade for him today. Um, made an offer out there to somebody where I traded, uh, I offered Saquon and Odell Beckham for uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Devonta Adams, they, they they rejected it, uh, and that goes to say a lot, right? You can't even get and, and and I, you know, I'm doing exactly what I said not to do, which is you're trying to sell a guy after a bad week. Uh, you can't sell a guy after a bad week. You got to wait for a good week, and then you got to prey on those people um, that are vulnerable to um, the one-hit wonders in your league. And that's that's you know, I, I got to wait for Saquon to have a good week but I'm on board with you. I am trying to dump him. That offensive line's terrible. He proved it last year. He was up and down like an EKG. And you can't trust him as a, as a uh, top three running back in this league with that team. It, he is, his talent level, he's phenomenal. I won't take anything away from his talent level. He, and, and most teams, he'd be ridiculous, but not on that team. So here's one thing I'll rebut against your statement is you can't trade away people on their off weeks is you try to trade away for a guy that went off like 14 receptions, 150 some yards and two touchdowns monster week. And another guy where his situation just got even better with Marlon Mack going down for the season and Jonathan Taylor, right? Like you're, you're trying to go for two guys that had good weeks, great weeks, and, uh, you know, obviously just looking to get better going forward. You see the, the eye of the tiger coming out of Aaron Rodgers this year. I don't know if it's a spike game or if it's uh, something different in that offensive game plan, but he looks phenomenal. That's another guy I'd go trade for. Again, Paulie would say don't go do it now, but I think he's going to carry this throughout the season. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He's going to be an absolute animal going forward, and I think he's going to force feed Devontae Adams. I think those two are going to be battling along with Russ Wilson for MVP of the league. Uh, you know, just my opinions, obviously, but that's, that's my take on what's going forward. So do you guys have anything else you want to share for tonight? Smoke, Abby, uh, you're Abby, on mute. Abby's on mute, but I'll finish with this. It's week one for all the listeners out there. Do not panic. Do not go and just start trading your team away. Uh, do not go and just start picking up random guys thinking because after week one, they had a big breakout game that it's going to last. Look back last year. Week one was a big week for a lot of people like Sammy Watkins that didn't finish the year anywhere in a starting lineup. Don't panic. Wait for at least a week or two to be sorry before you start panicking. Let me ask you this, Smoke, real quick. Give me your top three waiver wire pickups this week. 
Um, I'm going to go Naeem Hines is probably my number one pickup. Um, I'll uh, throw Peyton Barber in there because I think, you know, Washington, he, he gets the goal line carries. Um, I'll throw uh, Benny Snell in there. You talked about him earlier is another big pickup. Um, I think uh, Goddard is a great tight end pickup. And from a wide receiver, deep, deep sleeper. Um, what's the, uh, I just lost it. Sorry, I apologize. But what's the, 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 the receiver from, um, who is the uh, third receiver in uh, New Orleans behind Emmanuel Sanders? He's a second year player. God, I can't think of it now. Shoot. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, 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 I'll say it before the end of the show. Go to Cavi. Dang it. Uh, you want to get Scotty Miller. Um, I agree with Goddard hundred uh, percent. I think that's a big pickup, but also I think it's also a dangerous one because that's a lot of mouths to feed in a, an offense that's going to be scrambling for their lives um, the rest of the season. Cause they're playing like rugby players as their starting offensive linemen now, but um, Scotty Miller um, down in Tampa Bay, I think is going to be the new Edelman in that offense. I mean, you're looking already Brady. I mean, unfortunately for me, he didn't even look Mike Evans' way, but he was, you know, going back to his Edelman days and, and using Scotty Miller as his Edelman. So I think that that's going to be uh, – that's going to kind of be the way that that season goes down there. So if you can get him and he's – I mean, he should be available in every league. Who the hell heard of him before then? Um, I will go after him. So I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to share any of my waiver wire requests because like they all said tonight is I am hurting at running back and it is a struggle. So I have literally 19 waiver claims in every which way you could think about it. I have parlays. I have trifectas. I have supers laying down on these players and I'm not going to let a cat out of the bag tonight. Um, so that's what we Trey have Quan. for you tonight. Trey Quan. Trey Quan Smith was the Trey guy. Quan Smith. Yeah, the, he was a solid last year. He's the, he's the guy that I'd be thinking about in New Orleans. If Emmanuel Sanders is their number one, Trey Quan is their number two now with uh, Michael Thomas being out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so, so since I have wire, uh, waiver priority, I'm going to switch it from who I was going to pick up and make sure I pick up a running back now uh, so that Tommy can take a look at the trade I just sent him and hopefully accept it. <laughs> this I'll think about it. Greatest. So that's what we have for you guys tonight. We appreciate you listening. You can listen to us on YouTube. We'll send it out on Facebook, Twitter. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes. Give us a shout. Visit our page at pointaftershow.com. We'll be all over Reddit this week trying to push the news again. I'm Tom Lipko. Paul's the FF Advantage, a.k.a. Smoke, a.k.a. the Fantasy Aces, a.k.a. the worst fantasy player in the history of the world. And then we also have Cavi out there, Fantasy Champ. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. Make sure you give it a listen. Subscribe, subscribe to us on YouTube. And just like Eddie, I'm out. Deuces.